Hello, everybody. This is Taylor Kramer, a local podcast host and producer, and I am collaborating with the city of Traverse City as well as some local media members to bring you information in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. I think that living in a rural community or a town like Traverse City, you can feel exempt from maybe some of the more national or international headlines. However, We also need to be aware that the news and the spread of this disease can change very quickly. And I wanted to find a format that we could distill down what is happening on a national, international level and also get the perspective of how it can relate to us in this local community. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another update from Traverse City. It has been a few days since we've had one as we're trying to find uh, what days seem to work best in order to maintain consistency with this. And so we're moving to a Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule, and I will be alternating guests as needed. And then if anything major seems to happen on those off days, of course, we'll be doing uh, what we'll consider our edition of an emergency podcast episode, just to update you guys with the stuff that you really do need to know. So who am I joined by today? This is Amy Shamro, Mayor Pro Tem of the City of Traverse City. All right. And like I said, it has been a few days since we've heard from either you or Beth. So what um, has been happening in, uh, since we last spoke? Well, you know, in some ways, obviously, the numbers are growing in Michigan. It's a cause of great concern. Uh, Governor Whitmer has been working to get more FEMA support and other f- help from the federal government. And so that, of course, is causing us concern and um, something we're definitely watching. That said, to your point about um, having these every few days, in some ways, we're seeing a bit of a leveling off, though, too. We're not seeing quite so many instant executive orders. We're seeing things tweaked instead of brand new things put out in response, which kind of indicates that maybe we've got more of a baseline going on that's taking care of things that need to get taken care of. And we're just tweaking as we go along to keep procedures relevant and updated. So one thing that did happen late last week was um, the executive, the stay-at-home executive order was amended to include a ban on all short-term rentals. So as we've talked about in the past, um, the short-term rental ban means that people can't just rent out Airbnbs and people can't come up on vacation um, and all of the kind of uh, leisure activities that are, are kind of connected to that. Um, so that has been a constant com- uh topic of discussion over the last couple of weeks of people concerned about the flight from Detroit up to the perceived safe areas like Trevor City, um, when we all know we're dealing with our own issues up here and smaller hospitals to be dealing, working with them out of and for treatment and, and supplies. So I think that's been a um, very important update. We've seen a lot of people requesting of the city, when are you going to do a ban like Charlevoix did? Well, before we even could meet, the governor did that. So that takes care of that for us and we'll be monitoring. Um, so that's, again, one of those kind of tweaks that came through that has helped, but it wasn't a massive brand new executive order. Um, today, there was an issue from an issuance from Governor Whitmer that uh, – She wants to update the executive order for the stay at home and stay safe next week. That'll be expecting, um, everybody's expecting that'll just be her extending that out a couple more weeks. Um, She will also be uh, going to the legislature tomorrow. They're supposed to meet in person, uh, requesting a 70 day extension. And there's been some concern over this. The 70 day extension is 70 day extension of the um, emergency order. So that the order that's kind of allowed the governor to do things like 
the stay at home order or, um, you know, the travel order that we've seen. So it's not a 70, 70 day stay at home. It's a 70 day extension of the emergency status that we find ourselves in right now. Uh, again, they do, we do think we'll see her extend out the stay home, stay safe. But right now she's just looking to the legislature to give their, empower her with that um, additional time for under these unusual and emergency circumstances. So that's, that's the big thing out there. I think I've seen some GOP lawmakers as they're the majority um, indicating that they'd like the extension to be 23 days. I think Mm -hmm. that's a bit of a confusion over the stay at home order versus the overall emergency state of affairs, which could be honest, we can probably expect to see extended out maybe even beyond that because even when we reach our peak and after, there's probably going to be things that need to be issued under an emergency so that um, hospitals and employees and employers and local governments can continue to file for that federal protection that comes with an emergency. So if, you know, you get something that comes up one day after an emergency expires, well, now you're not part of the emergency. So that's more of a procedural thing than it is a we're all going to be locked down that whole time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The one thing that I had just had a curiosity about, and I don't know if there is an answer for this from anybody right now, is I was wondering if we were going to be kind of working backwards too, as some of this happened. So we saw how things were no gatherings over 200 people, then no gatherings over 50, no gatherings over 10. Like I almost wonder if once uh, we are able to get get out from under the stay at home, order, whenever that might be, is if there is still going to be some caution to those larger gatherings and what that might look like. I don't know. Do you think that that's a possibility is that we almost work backwards? Yeah, I haven't heard anything official on that, but that certainly seems to be the tone and the um, kind of the undercurrent that I'm hearing through a lot of conversations, both from government officials, local and state, but also event organizers, people in the community. I think we'll, we likely will see things slowly backed off like you're talking about. Smaller gathering allow, gatherings allowed, maybe reopening some things like restaurants, but a capacity limit, things like that that will be um, hopefully reasonable that people will follow and won't be, will be slowly enacted so that our law enforcement and code enforcement people have time to catch up and keep, it, keep tabs on it. Um, but yeah, I don't see us just opening the floodgates and allowing everything to happen all at once, go from you know zero to 60, if you will, of everybody's on lockdown and can't leave the house and very limited services to packed bars and um, mm-hmm. yeah, and large gatherings and things like that. I think you're going to see the, a little bit of a transitional period in there. Yeah. And that question could be premature. Uh, anyway, uh, just looking ahead a little bit. The other question I have for a government official, and as you you know have maybe participated in having to build out what some of these guidelines might be for communities, or at least know how to um, read through them, maybe a little bit better than someone like me would. I've seen some confusion from my peers on what is allowed and what isn't, because it's a very specific thing that the um, individual might be referring to. And so it could be something like, you know, boating is allowed or wasn't allowed. And now all of a sudden it is. And what that might mean Uh, to me, I'm thinking, well, we don't want people packing onto a pontoon boat, but kayaking might still be an option or, or someone who went down the street to one park and saw that there were signs posted to uh, not go on the equipment, but that the park itself is open. And going to an additional park down the street and not seeing that signage. 
and then not being able to, to find an explanation through the executive order and what should actually be open or not. I mean, what do you recommend to people like that who are having those really specific questions that maybe it might just be the fact that governor hasn't gotten around to figuring out how to handle playground equipment at a small town level like that? Absolutely. And that's a really good question. So the city did end up um, ordering, uh, issuing our own order saying that we were um, going to block off playground equipment because we couldn't guarantee that, you know, we don't have teams out there cleaning them up after every use. We don't have a lot of materials out for it. So that's why you see tape around. Maybe if you go to F&M Park and you see the, the place that there is all blocked off, but maybe you go down to, um, you know, American Legion Park that doesn't really have any equipment and there's nothing there that looks like it's blocked off. All parks are still open. Um, it's just the equipment that we're discouraging people. But I can see, how, I, I totally um, agree with what you're saying that it can be very confusing to the layperson. You know, we don't want to get into posting flyers on everything that are, you know, this governor order says this, and then the city order says this, and you're reading through everything and it just throws people off. So the first thing I would say to all of that is if you're in doubt, just, just use common, as much common sense as you think can apply. So to your point, don't load a pontoon boat with people because you think that boats are okay now. If you're going down the river in a kayak or you're tandeming with a partner, you know, like a spouse or you know, you're somebody you've been quarantined with. Honestly, I, I would say that that's not something that anybody's looking to try and enforce. Um, it's, you know, if you're walking around in a park and you're 20 feet from someone else and, you know, that's, that's probably safe too. It's, it's the kind of, we talked about this before when we talked about it being issued. We don't have the National Guard here walking up and down the streets going after people. We have our local police department who we're also trying to keep safe and allowing them to do their job. So we're kind of, I think that's how we're kind of applying this application. We don't have checkpoints set up where everybody's checking to see if you're on the road because you're an essential worker. We, but at the same time, you know, don't, don't be planning on going from a friend's house to a grocery store to a restaurant to eight other places because that's just spreading. That's not doing the stay at home and that's not the, you know, the sheltering in place that we like to see. You are allowed to leave your home to do essential things. Um, I guess I would just say don't plan it like a, you know, a regular Sunday morning of running errands or however, whenever you do your big grocery shopping and errand running. Um, you know, just be sparse and that kind of thing. So a lot of it comes down to practical common sense. You can always also, um, Monday through Friday at least, reach out to city staff, county staff, county health department, and ask questions. Um, there's also, a, uh, we haven't talked about it in a while, but there is a Co Grand Travers COVID-19 website and Facebook page. So they're kind of posting some things. Again, to your point, it, sometimes it is just the... Um, kind of more technically worded executive orders, but they're trying to put some graphics and things with that too. Um, but yeah, I, it comes down, I guess I would say to, to some common sense right now, you know, outdoors is not canceled. You can still be outdoors. Um, you can still take advantage of the natural resources up here. You just need to exercise extreme caution and, and follow the spirit of the orders that are out there. Mm -hmm. That's, Okay. I, I, yeah. I'm glad that I was able to ask that and you to answer it um, in a way that I can understand too, is that um, I think it's easy for people to feel like a lot of their freedoms are being uh, 
infringed upon additionally. And so, well, if I can monitor my child well enough, why shouldn't they be able to, to play on the, the playground? But also I would encourage people, since this is geared towards rural Northern Michigan, to understand all the opportunities that we have outside of, you know, how we could deem our freedoms being infringed upon um, is that we have the woods and these other areas that we can go to and is to just maybe get a little bit creative about how to continue to get out and, and enjoy nature in that way. But also saying after looking at the data, the cell phone data, Michigan overall seems to be doing a really good job of staying, the Northeast portion of the state in general is doing a really good job of, of staying home and limiting their, um, their movement. And so I, I think it should be said that we also seem to be doing a really good job. And so if we can continue to shore up some of the unnecessary movement and continue practicing what we have been that, you know, we should be in a, a better place than we would be otherwise. And that's an excellent point too, that we have been doing a good job. This, that's kind of a, um, I think sometimes when people read things like executive orders and, and some of these things, they think of it as almost like, um, being punished for something they didn't do. And we are, we have to remember that a lot of these things that are coming out apply to the entire state. So it might be meant for our largest populations downstate, but it is going to affect us up here. But we do have a different lifestyle up here. People have been doing a very good job. I understand too, I've, I've read some of the data could be slightly skewed because if you live someplace more rural, like say Benzie County, your drive to go to the grocery store might be a little bit longer than the average person. Um, depending on where you live and where your nearest, you know, rest, your nearest uh, grocery store is from you. So I think for the most part, like you're saying, people really tend to be doing well. I haven't heard a lot of um, police complaints about, you know, people having parties. There was a little bit of that at the beginning, I think, before we had the stay-at-home order issued full out and a little early on when I think people were still kind of questioning and maybe, like we've discussed, there weren't cases up here, so people even up here kind of thought we were safe from it. But since we've seen it progress and people have gotten a little bit more settled into this um, stay at home order, I th we've seen, a, we've mostly seen compliance up here. So, you know, I think we like we've talked about before, it's congratulating and, and the people who have been doing well and encouraging them to do what they've been doing. And it's if people are coming up to the area to observe what other people up here are doing, stay away from other people on the trails and things go, you know, create a wide berth if there's a place that's overly um populated that you're going to maybe find another spot to go to or if you see you know make accommodations for other people um and and spreading that to the people who might be coming up here you know that's it's going to be inevitable like we've talked about some people just don't have the means or the shelter and they're out wherever they are now and are going to be forced to come up and we just have to all integrate a little bit and I guess I would say locals can lead by example. Um, so that's a really great point to make too, is that we are as a whole doing fairly well here. Yeah. Amy, what else is going on that you want to update people with on this Monday? Um, well, the other thing I would say coming from the state is um, the press conference Governor Whitner, Whitmer had this morning. Um, she also addressed the um, major issues that people have been having as they're claiming unemployment. Um, it, she, it was an interesting share, it's sad statistics, but an interesting share that in the last week and a half, they've had more people file for unemployment than, or sorry, two weeks than they had all of last year. So reasonably the, the systems are getting a little backed up, but um, 
for the unemployment agency. But the, in, the message basically was, please continue to try. They're doing the best they can to upgrade the capacity all the time right now. Um, they're trying to figure out how to do, you know, the previous system was you'd set up an appointment and the person would call you, et cetera. Well, now with all these extras, I think they're trying to adapt. So maybe they don't have to go through quite so much um, personal follow-up and just get people's claims processed. But like we've talked about with city commission and all of these governmental agencies, it's trying to be as flexible and adaptable as possible, but sometimes these things just take more than a couple of days to get the systems upgraded or, or moved around or reassign people to help out where they're needed. So that seems to be the consensus is try, keep, if you haven't been able to file your unemployment yet and you ha do find yourself unemployed, to keep trying. Um, there's been advice out there to, if you're doing it through the website and making your first claim to maybe try in the off-peak times, try later on at night or super early in the morning. Um, but that's just, they're working on it. They're aware of the problem. It's, it's just a, as she put it, staggering amount of claims that they've had in the last two weeks that um, really have thrown off a system that was never built for those numbers. So I would just put that out there if anybody's been trying and being fr getting frustrated. Um, I'll, you know, try off off peak hours and keep trying because they are raising the capacity, and so that should be available soon. Good. Yeah, and hopefully that gets uh, handled as efficiently as possible. I understand that frustration, you know, from a personal standpoint with my wife and having to continue to try to log in, but you know, what other choice do we have other than to continue trying and maybe um, logging in early in the morning or late at night and just really doing our best that our job right now is to do what's necessary to take care of our families. And these things can't always run smoothly, but we just have to hold up our end of the deal. Absolutely. And yeah, it's, it's hard to say give patience when people are in such a terrible, terrible circumstance, but you know, these are on, these are just so unprecedented times that you know, I don't know anybody would have ever figured building out a system that would handle a year's worth of work in two weeks if it mm -hmm. needed to. So, um, but that's that the fact that she brought it up in a press conference tells me that they're probably on the verge of some massive upgrading um, and that that should be addressed very shortly. Good. Is there anything else, Amy? Um, I would just let people know that we have a city commission meeting tonight. Um, as we've kind of mentioned before, local government is still continuing to move through on action items that have time sensitivity um, or are deemed, um, you know, commissioners can request things be put on on agendas and things like that. So we're trying to keep it down to the bare requirements, but they we will be meeting. So that is tonight at 7 o'clock. TraverseCityMI.gov uh, is the website, and there's a whole agenda and the information on the number you can call into if you want to make public comment or email for it to be in the record, um, and other ways that people were, again, trying to get people to participate digitally. Um, and just reminding people that we're all walking this line of things we need to do to show that we're focusing on the future. Um, you know, we can't be paralyzed with fear and uncertainty when. There are small businesses and residents that are depending on some of these things continuing and picking back up and when this is done. So we're trying to kind of balance what needs to be done for that with um, what can wait. Again, I think we talked about some of these things like annual reports from certain departments and things like that will probably move to just 
being something people can look at online and that will get emailed to us as commissioners and we won't have the usual presentations like we have had at public meetings. So, um, you know, just it, it, we're trying to make it as, po- as um, accessible as possible with these online meetings and things. But if people are wanting to keep more abreast of what's going on in the county and the city, certainly follow the Facebook pages and um, their websites and uh, just keeping an eye on things, but we're really not trying to add much new. I think most of what we're, we've got coming up is just resolving things that have been out there. So that's, uh, that's just a reminder that your local government is working still and it's not out of disregard. It's just out of, um, you know, trying to keep, trying to keep our eye on the, what happens next when this finally does um, relent and we can get work crews back on projects and we can get other things like that going. We need that all lined up and ready to go rather than waiting until then, then starting the process. Right. Amy, as always, super helpful. Um, I suspect we'll be talking to you again uh, within the week. Excellent. And uh, thank you so much for doing these updates. Um, We really appreciate having that available for the community. Yeah, absolutely. It's the least I can do.